Um, this is our tenth episode, so this is like a big moment for us. Yes. We should have been on episode ten like two months ago or like a year ago, but we're here. We made it. Episode ten. We're doing it big. It's the Beat of Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host Tyler Hernandez. This is Mike Saeed, and we have a lot to talk about. Week one of the season is in the books. And the Nets are over 500 for the first time since November 2014, which is very um, upsetting. But one and one. Also very promising. At the same time, the Nets started off the season kind of on the wrong foot with a loss to the Pacers. Gave up 140 points, but they scored 131. Uh, in that game, uh, defense was not a thing. Yeah, no, not at all. At all. I didn't because, even watch it. Yeah, watching the game... It was like the first half they performed well, but they didn't do well enough defensively to build a solid lead. And then everything just came collapsing down in the second half in traditional Nets fashion. They had one of those lovely Nets third quarters that have plagued the team for years. Um, but the, the thing is, you give up 140 points, but it, at the same time, it didn't look like there was any effort on the defensive, defensive side of the ball because I could I counted literally like, on a few consecutive possessions that the Pacers were running the same pick-and-roll play on consecutive possessions, and the Nets just looked lost defensively. They, The lack of a legitimate big on the team in the starting lineup, Timofey Mozgov is, you know, we, we knew what we were getting with Timofey Mozgov. He's not, like, you know, a rim stopper. He's not necessarily great defensively. He is what he is. But um, to see, like, you know, Trevor Booker and Quincy AC, those guys aren't legitimate, like, uh, big rim protectors. Trevor Booker is great defensively. Trevor Booker is great, you know, for what he is, but the Nets don't have a legitimate big man that can stop, you know, and it, it hurt, it hurt them against the Pacers. It really did. And Jared Allen didn't play any minutes in that game. And a lot of people were calling for him to come into that game because he's big. And, you know, Kenny Atkinson might not have put him in the game because he was inexperienced because he's only 19 years old and he doesn't have any NBA experience. But in a situation like that, do you think the Nets should have put Jared Allen in the game? Well, yeah, he's clearly made a difference in the last two games. Yeah, Jared Allen uh, got his first minutes against uh, Orlando and he definitely made an impact in that game. He had six points. And all six, I don't think it was six. It was a little bit more I than think six. It was, I think it was eight. Yeah. Um, he came into the game immediately, you know, blocking shots, performing highlight reel dunks. And he's only 19, but he looks NBA ready. Yeah, like I said, as soon as he gets, um, like, pace of the game, NBA speed, he's going to be a great player. For sure. And yesterday against the Hawks, Four blocks in that the was, first That half. was very enjoyable to watch. Four blocks, and all of them, you know, he's going to be a legitimate rim protector. He already is a legitimate rim protector. Once he puts on muscle, once he develops an offensive game, yeah, of course. the Nets got a steal. Yeah, he in, dunks in Jared on people. Allen. I was so happy when he dunked on Nikola Vucevic. Yeah. Just fuck him. Uh, moving on, well, first we have to talk about, you know, how D'Angelo Russell performed in his first regular season game I love as a Russell. member of the Nets, and he definitely made his presence felt uh, immediately, scoring 30 points in the game against Indiana. 12 of 22 shooting, 4 of 8 from 3 point. That was, that was a great game. That, that's, that's well, it was a great offensive yeah, game for him. That's what you're going to get with D'Angelo Russell. He He's m- turning into the leader of this team, and of course, you know, 
it's unfortunate that, you know, we lost Jeremy Lin for the season in that game. He went yeah. down in the fourth quarter, ruptured patella tendon, done for the season, already had surgery. Surgery was successful, but now it's D'Angelo Russell's team. And now we really get to see, you know, what D'Angelo can do on his own. And leading this group of, you know, young guys, leading this group of young players, and so far, you know, 30 points, that's the highest point total in a Nets debut since Nate Archibald did it, like, almost 20, 30 years ago. So, already making his mark in a Nets uniform, and he's looked great these first three games uh, against Orlando, the Nets, on opening night in uh, Brooklyn, pulled out a win, and despite Nikola Vucevic <laughs> literally doing whatever he wants, just, he literally did whatever he wanted. The part that amazed me the most in that game was not that he, you know, scored efficiently. It was just it's how efficient. That, yeah, nobody wanted to even go near him. It's just how efficient he was from three. That pissed me off. Like, every shot that he took, he made. and I, I think he went like five of seven from three. Yeah, and it, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, if the Nets had a legitimate big, oh, yeah. he wouldn't have scored 41. Yeah, of course not. Don't come into our building and score 41 on us. That's disrespectful. Well, don't have Timothy Mozgov guard their leading scorer. Like, and I, I just, said Evan Fournier was going to go off on us. He didn't go off, but he still had 22 points. Yeah, he didn't go off necessarily, but like... I, I knew he was dropping 20 on us easy. Yeah, and I just... It, it Like, sitting there in the arena, like, everybody, every time Vucevic shot the ball, yeah, just, like, it, groaned you, you knew it was going in disgust. In. You like, knew it was going in. Because, first, I don't, I don't understand what... I don't I don't know what drug he took. I don't know what Chico he had. But he literally made every shot in the first half, and it really pissed me off. But he always does. He always goes no, off against yo, us. It doesn't matter who we have yo, on the do team. Do you see him? Yeah. Yo, oh, my God. I do. Man. I've never... Yeah. Who does that? That's disrespectful. Yeah, anyways, but the Nets won that game. Yeah. Thankfully. Yeah. And, uh, and I bought came... a D'Angelo Russell after that. I, I didn't buy D'Angelo Russell. I bought his jersey after I'm, that game. I'm happy for you. Yeah, you were with me. I was. I was. We were there. Um, yeah. D'Angelo the, Russell had a good game that night, too, um, sealing the game yeah, in yeah, the fourth all, quarter. Yeah, all around he had a good game. And I f- he's going to come in big in the fourth quarter for the whole season because he's done that the first game – 10 of his 30 points were in the fourth quarter. Um, he hit a and one with, like, less than a minute left in the second game. And then yesterday he scored, what, like, nine of his or mm-hmm. seven of his 16 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah, yeah. So and he's he's just been an efficient four-quarter man for, fourth quarter man for us, and I really uh, I love him. That's something that the team's lacked yeah. over the last couple yeah. years since maybe Joe Johnson. Yeah, and Darren um, Williams. <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Let me know whenever. Let me know when Darren Williams showed up in a fourth quarter ever. Zero, zero of nine, ever in a playoff game. Let me know when he. Why are we still remember, talking? Remember when he missed that shot? Oh my god! No. Let's not talk about that. D'Angelo You're just Russell. trying to piss me off. Right uh, now. I, I already pissed myself off. I don't know why you even bought that up. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck. But um, yeah, D'Angelo the Net, Russell's great. The Nets really haven't had a closer since Joe Johnson, the Nets really haven't had anybody to go to down the stretch. And having D'Angelo Russell show up in these big moments, in these clutch moments, is definitely something the Nets are going to benefit from this season. And um, it showed, again, yesterday against the Hawks, 
uh, with a, I don't know. His passing was ridiculous in that game. Ten assists, which was one short of his career high. Really? Yeah. Yeah, see, career, see yeah. I'm glad he's acting like a legit point guard on this team. Well, now he, he has no choice. Yeah, but I, yeah, but he didn't really get that chance in in LA. So now he's, yeah, it, he's showing yeah. his legitimate point guard mentality. And it, it didn't look like he was going to have a chance to be a legitimate point guard this season either, with him and Lynn yeah. in the starting lineup. Yeah. But you know, D'Angelo Russell, for sure, is going to be the guy that the Nets go to in the clutch, and he's he's proven it, and um. Yesterday, the Nets um, up by six with around two and a half minutes left. Atlanta, you know, came back. The Nets were up 16 in that game. Atlanta fought back in the second half. And um, they were up by six, slowly gaining the momentum back. He hits a jump shot. And then on the very next possession, he hits a three to ice the game. And those are the kind of moments that you're looking for from D'Angelo this season. But we also need to talk about how well Alan Crabb played yesterday. Um, Alan Crabb, 20 points off the bench on 7 of 12, shooting 4 of 7 from downtown and hit his biggest shot in a Nets uniform so far with the game tied at 99. And um, D'Angelo found him in the corner, and Alan Crabb does what Alan Crabb does. Excellent three-point shooter. And um, that three-point shot triggered a 17-5 run that the Nets used to close the game. And... Alan Crabb shooting 50% from three this season so far. It's just a small sample size, but Alan Crabb is showing that he's worth every penny of that big contract that, you know, Kenny Atkinson tried to sign him to two years ago. Blazers matched, and now Kenny Atkinson finally has his guy, and he's been coming up big for the Nets, especially yesterday. So having a guy like Alan Crabb, having a guy like D'Angelo Russell to count on and know that you're in good hands in the clutch it's definitely going to be an asset for the Nets this season. Yeah, dude, that's I'm I'm really happy with the way that they've been playing and this is honestly my favorite team in the past few years like as a whole. Like there's honestly, not one player I don't like on this roster. This might be my favorite team since since the move. Maybe since the move. But there were still flaws with that team. There were still players yeah. that I didn't like. Yeah, and honestly, I don't dislike any player. Well, actually, no, I don't. I don't like Timothy Moskov. But you know, he's he's not. Yeah, no, he's not terrible. I don't. Yeah. I don't hate him. I just. He. I don't me. care for him. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't make a difference if he's on the floor for me or not. Yeah, because I. I just. I really like Jared Allen. So. And, you could feel the excitement within the fan base for sure too, because you know it's been negative. Yeah the last couple seasons while the Nets were, you know, near the bottom of the league every in every statistical category. Yeah, it, was, losing, it, was depre- it was depressing yeah. to watch. It and it's, it was depressing to, you know, scroll the timeline on Twitter and see how many, you know, negative fan reactions. Like, And now this year, it's a completely different story. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hope for the team. And, you know. Yeah. Shout, shout out to all the people that Tyler muted on Twitter. That's that's. But anyways, okay. anyways, anyways, um, let's... yeah, no, I'm, yeah. There's actually hope. Like I genuinely believe that we can make the playoffs. Like that's that's not even a joke anymore. We're going eighty-one and one. Maybe this this, this isn't a game. Like, um, it's over. But another thing that we need to talk about these first three games is defense. Oh, <laughs> because what is that? while the Nets are number one in the NBA in scoring right now, averaging 124.3 points per game, 
they're also 29th in defense, <laughs> giving up 121.7 points per game. The Suns are the last team in the NBA to um, in defensive points allowed per game. But what what can the Nets do defensively to try and you know bring that down? Don't let Vucevic score 41 on you. That's what we can do. That's... It's it's not just that. It's just like <laughs> they've given up. No, yeah, no, no. I remember the the Pacers game. There were like seven people on the Pacers in double figures. Yeah, and like four of them scored twenty, or three of them. I think three of them. Scored Oladipo 20. went off on us. Yeah, he's Miles Turner went off on us. Yeah, that he had twenty. Miles Turner, Oladipo, and someone else had twenty on that team. Yeah, and um, against the Magic, Vucevic scores forty one. Evan Fournier scores twenty two. And let's talk about Terrence Ross hitting that that game tying three. Cheese, it was ridiculous. That made Terrence bro. Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. But um, for sure, definitely um, the Nets are gonna have to do something along the lines of you know tightening up on defense. You know, giving Jared Allen more minutes is definitely a plus because he protects the rim. And you know, it it showed yesterday the Hawks really got nothing in the paint. The Nets held them down. They held them to 34% shooting, 26% from three. They still gave up 104 points, but the Nets defensively out-rebounded them 51-48, 12 steals, blocked eight shots. And that's the kind of effort that you're going to need from the team going forward. They might not become a lockdown defensive team overnight, but the the pieces are there for sure. I'm, gl- I'm glad we got better rebounders too. I think yeah. This is definitely like the best rebounding team we've had. Because yeah. I remember... Nobody was getting rebounds besides like Trevor Booker. Besides um like fucking Plumley when we had him. Like nobody was a legit rebounder on our team. Yeah. So now Damari Carroll's a decent rebounder. And look, yeah, Damari Carroll is definitely somebody I want to talk about right now too because oh, yeah. he the bu- bu- bulldog? Just just for being the bulldog? I don't know. I don't know what his nickname is. But call him young salary dump. Because that's essentially what he was when the trade when the trade happened. Everybody was like, "Okay, he's just a salary dump, you know. Write him off. He's not healthy. He can't stay healthy. He'll, you know, score eight points per game and grab like four rebounds, and that'll be it until he rides out his contract." But so far, the Nets have gotten incredible value out of Damari Carroll. He's averaging fourteen point seven points per game, six point seven rebounds, and these first three games, he's looked incredible like he's looked young he's looked like he did in Atlanta and it might be the fact that Kenny Atkinson is the head coach of the Nets and we all know Kenny Atkinson was the assistant head coach of the Hawks back when Damari Carroll was on the team but he's looked incredibly good on the defensive side of the ball you know he's had a few dumb fouls he's had a few you know bad turnovers but overall Damari Carroll is you know turning out to be a steal for the team and we got him for nothing yeah, we literally we really traded fucking Justin Hamilton. Yeah, that trade was literally just about getting that first round pick from Toronto, and they just threw in Damari Carroll like here, you got take him, <laughs> and we gave up Justin Hamilton. Justin Hamilton got us yeah, Damari Carroll in a first round pick. Yeah. Thank you, Raptors. Raptors. Thank you, Raptors, yeah, so much. Yeah, y'all suck. Um, they're, they're undefeated right now. No, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Fuck them. I still hate them. They're undefeated right now. But, um, another player that's been playing pretty well these first three games is Trevor Booker off the bench. He's averaging 17 points per game, which is crazy. And nine rebounds. 
Yeah. He had a double double the first game against uh, Indiana, and since then he's. I think he had a double double in the Magic too. He might have, um, but Trevor Booker's looked extremely good, and. Yeah, I I really, I was like, upset that he was going to be coming off the bench because I value him as right. a player on the team. So. But he's, he's been playing perfectly fine coming off. He's actually playing better than he did last year coming off the bench. Yeah, he's definitely a good piece to have coming off the bench. And wasn't he in the starting lineup at some point last year? Yeah, he was He was starting for us. Yeah, so having him come off the bench is a lot better than having him start, in my opinion. And, yeah. Yeah, because he's a, he's a good spark off the bench. He, he'll get us rebounds. He'll play defense. So, you know, he's scoring 17, so that's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's going to go down. Yeah. But having him you know, be a productive member on the bench is definitely a plus. And another productive member of the bench, Spencer. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say it, Joe Harris. Let's talk about Spencer Dinwiddie first. Let's talk about Joe Harris, young Kyle Korver. Um, he's averaging eight points per game, shooting 50, oh, whoa, 50, yeah, 55% from the field, 57% from three. Yes. And this is exactly what the Nets were looking for when we signed him. I mean, obviously, you know, last season he was kind of inconsistent, but so far these first, you know, the, the only two games that he's played in uh, because of the Jeremy Lin injury, he's come in, he's played defense, he's hit three-point shots, and that's all the Nets really yeah. expect out of him to come off the bench, hit a few threes, play some defense, and um, he's being productive. Spencer Dinwiddie also, now we can talk about Spencer Dinwiddie. Thank you. Um, he's averaging seven point seven points per game, and he's obviously have he's obviously going to have to have an increased role with Jeremy Lin out for the season. And so far, he's been playing well. He had an incredible game against the Magic. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is a legitimate NBA player. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna apologize again. Just because I apologize could. forever. Yeah, I'm just gonna apologize every podcast. Yeah, you probably you're Dinwiddie probably because better he's off. I, I really I'm so glad that he's on the team. He's a good player. And like I did a complete one eighty, even like towards the end of last season he yeah, started no, I was like I was like Because he didn't really start off like yeah. having good games with the Nets. Yeah, he's, no, he was bad when we first got him, so that's why I was talking shit. <laughs> but Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but um right now the Nets through these first three games, have seven players averaging double figures in points. D'Angelo's at 21. Jeremy Lin only played one game. He scored 18. Trevor Booker's at 17. Damari Carroll's at 14.7. Alan Crabbe's at 13.7. Rondé's at 12.7. Karis Levert's at 12.3. And Rondé finally has a jump shot. Kobe Hollis Jefferson. That doesn't look awkward or forced or, you know, terrible. And, you know... Putting those minutes in has definitely paid off uh, this offseason, and he's looked great offensively. You know, he's, his passing is definitely one of the most underrated parts of his game. Yeah, um, his defense is solid, and if he keeps consistently hitting these jump shots, he's going to be really good for yeah, this team. Yeah, because honestly, I was surprised that he's been, like, a productive scorer right. for us, too. Like, he had, I think... 14 the first game, then mm-hmm. 15. I don't know how much he had yesterday, but, um, yeah, he's been um, – I really like Rondé. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the Nets' offense has looked really good these first three games. Yeah. They lead the NBA in points per game. 
and they're the first team since the 1988-89 Trailblazers to score 115-plus points in each of their first three games, which that's almost a 20-year-old yeah, thing. So Almost 20, nigga. That's almost 30. Trailblazing. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> almost a 30-year-old record, and the Nets are coming out here just firing away. Yeah, I don't, I'm surprised with how much we're scoring. Yeah, That's, honestly, me too. Like, honestly, I mean, last year, we weren't, like, even last year, I knew last year that was our problem. We were able to put up points, yeah. and, but we just gave up way too many. It's the same thing this year, but we're scoring more yeah. than we did last and year. And that's how you win basketball games. Score more, more. Point, score more points than your opponent. Yeah, but don't let your opponent drop 140. Yeah. Let's let's not let's never have that happen again. Yeah, I would please. I would prefer that. Um in addition to becoming the first net to score 30 in his season debut with the team, D'Angelo Russell is also the second player in Nets history to average 21 plus points per game and 7 plus assists per game in his first 3 games with the team. Sam Cassell did that in 1997, so a 20-year-old record. You're so good at math. Thank you. I just read very fluently. Thank you. Um so the Nets are two and one through three games. Obviously, it's a small sample size. Obviously, that's not enough hype to like warrant a legitimate. What are you talking about? I was gonna finish my sentence. Eighty-one. Let and me one. finish. Obviously, we only have one loss. We can still win the next seventy-nine games. Obviously, it's not enough to warrant a legitimate like disrespect, like buzz around the team so far. A lot of teams start two and one. But fuck it, I don't care. The Nets are two and one, and we're over five hundred for the first time since two thousand fourteen. So I'm gonna be fucking hype about it. Bars. I'm gonna be aggressive about it. I'm gonna be talking shit about it until aggressive. What are you gonna do? Throw your laptop? I don't. I don't the Nets are good. Yeah. Like, like that. Like... Yes. I'm gonna shout it in every person's face that I pass on the street. It looks at me the wrong way. Don't fucking look at me. I'm fucking. The Nets are two and one. <laughs> got clout forever now but um yeah two and one through the first three games we could easily be three and oh had we not given up 140 to the fucking pacers but it happens it was a humbling experience yeah it was it was one of those shit i don't think we're as good as we think we are (laughs) (laughs) but um now we're as good as we think we are for that's for the time being at least and um we're going to go to Twitter. What's good, Twitter? Uh, at Brooklyn Net 7 with a hot take, because we tweeted out today to send us hot takes and questions, and we got some. Um, at Brooklyn Net 7 says Sean Marks will be the executive of the year. I think that if the Nets continue to play well, if the Nets can make the playoffs, I don't think there's anybody in the NBA that deserves it more than Sean Marks. Because he turned chicken shit into chicken salad. Do you like my reference? I, I Do don't. Do you like my analogy? I don't at all. I'm sorry. Like in the slightest. That right, was, well, that was he turned, nasty. I'm sorry. Yeah, who, well. But who's going to. He turned. Who's going to do that? That's he turned, not a thing. He turned Shane Larkin and Donald Sloan into D'Angelo Russell. All right, yes. I'm happy. He turned. But how do you turn? How do you turn shit into food? It's That's, a fucking. It's just, already. It's an analogy. It's. 
Have you never heard that before it's in your doo-doo. life? doo-doo. No, I've, no, I've never heard a doo-doo analogy like that. You need to get out more. But um, he turned he turned nothing into something. Thank you. Is that, was a, that was better. Sorry. That was much better. Sorry. Um, he turned nothing into something. All the players that we had, you know, you look at the roster three years ago, and you have Shane Larkin, you have Donald Sloan, you have Thomas Robinson, you have Willie Reed, you have... Markel Brown. <laughs> Jerome Jordan. Jerome Jordan. <laughs> Jorge Gutierrez. Yeah. And look at the team now. You have D'Angelo Russell. You have Alan Crabb. You have Rondé. Rondé. You Trevor. have Trevor Booker. You have Timothy Jared Allen. We don't. <laughs> you have Damari Carroll. You have Karis Levert. And this team, as young as they are, they have a shit ton of potential. And they have a shit ton of promise in them and a shit ton yes anyways um wow anyways <laughs> sorry um we have a question from at billy king zero one one zero one six billy king wants to know since Sean Marks is the lowest paid GM, do you see any chance of him moving on and me coming back? No. No, not, not in the no, slightest. Not in the slightest. No. We're done. We're done with that. I'm um, mad you read the question out loud. I did. Um, we have another legitimate question from at Laker Binge. Who would you rather the Nets build around? D'Angelo Russell, Devin Booker, Andrew Wiggins, Porzingis, Miles Turner, or Ben Simmons? D'Angelo Russell is the greatest of all time. D'Angelo Russell is the correct answer. Yeah, but the actual correct answer is Porzingis. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Porzingis, too. I love all those players. But D'Angelo Russell is the correct answer. That, that is the correct answer. Um, The Nets have games this week. Week I two. I don't want those games to occur. Yes, you do. I don't. Yes, you do. Tomorrow night, they'll be in Orlando for their second meeting with the Magic. And then on Wednesday, they turn around and play the Cavs at home. Honestly, I, I want Timofey Mozgov to drop 41 on Nikola Vucevic. That's not happening, I but want you, that dream, to happen. you dream big. I want that to happen. You dream big, and I appreciate that. No, someone better go in their home court and drop 40. I'm not even joking. Yeah. Someone better do it, that. It'd only be right. D'Angelo Russell needs to drop 45 he does. on them he, he needs night. to take more shots. What do you mean? He's take more shots. I'm talking about like Russell Westbrook. Like he he needs to be chucking up from half court. I no, I don't be being down by three with a minute left. <laughs> just pull up from half court. I find a flaw in your logic right there, but um, I don't know if the Magic will still be without Aaron Gordon. We dodged a bullet there yeah. on Friday, but um, they still have playmakers. They still have um Fournier. They still have Vucevic. They have Jonathan DJ Simmons. Augustine. They have DJ Augustine and Shelvin Mack. Um, can I just the that's funniest so, shit? Yo, that's at, so at the funny, game on bro. Friday. We're just sitting there, and Shelvin Mack like puts up a shot, and, like out of the corner of my ear. The I corner hear, of your ear, you hear something oh, from the corner of your ear. Sorry, I'm. I, um, I can't you talk. Nah, yeah, I'm you sorry. gotta stop talking. So somebody yelled, "Why? Why is Shelvin Mack in the NBA?" I still don't. I don't. I didn't even know DJ Augustine was still in the NBA. Yeah, I forgot he existed. Let alone Shelvin fucking Mac. Yeah. But um, magic the magic. Too. The magic have shown that they have legitimate playmakers. They beat the Cavs by a fucking shit ton of points. Cause Derrick Rose hasn't been playing. That's why the Cavs are losing. I guess so. They lost the best player in the NBA. I guess so. But the magic have shown that they can compete. 
the Magic have shown yeah, that they... it's weird. Yeah. Um, it's been a weird season so far. Yeah. And we're only a week in. We have more wins than fucking Golden State. Like, that don't... I'm confused. That just means we're better than them. And since the Magic beat the Cavs and we beat the Magic, that means we're the best team in the Eastern Conference. You need to stop acting like Parsa. I'm sorry. You just, you literally just, I saw that tweet. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, um, <laughs> the Magic on Tuesday, the Cavs on Wednesday, and then on Friday, they have the Knicks for the first time this season. Um, fuck the Knicks. There it is. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I just, as long as we don't let Vucevic score anywhere near, like, I don't even want him to score. I don't even want him to score 20. I don't even want him to score. Yeah. I don't want him to touch But you know ball. what's going to happen. Yeah, you know what's going to happen. So if he scores, let him score, but don't let him score as easily as he did on yeah. Friday. And the Cavs, I'm just going to, I'm going to skip over that game and let's talk about the Knicks. Fuck the, the Knicks. We're going to destroy the Knicks. The Cavs is the first real test for this team. Don't let's not. We need to talk about it. Fuck. The Cavs is the real, the first real test for this team to see, you know, where they stack up against the elite teams in the Eastern Conference. It's their yeah. first time playing a team that made the playoffs last year, and the Pacers didn't make the playoffs last year, right? I don't know. I don't think they did. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't they, matter. They did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did. Okay, never mind. But a a good playoff team. Yeah. Um, Mars. It'll be the first real test to see how they match up against LeBron and all them, and um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, there's not much to really be said. You know, it's 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 an intimidating game to say the least. And then on Friday we have the Knicks, and the Knicks are the Knicks. So we beat them twice in the preseason. So if the preseason means anything, we're gonna beat them again. We're the greatest of all time. Um. Yeah. So that's the podcast. Hey, Mike. Yeah. Do you like the Nets? Yeah. Do you like free Nets stuff? Yeah. Then you're going to love the contest we're running on the Beat of Brooklyn Twitter page. I just want to know why you turned your head as if as if you weren't I in needed, the room talking I, to me. I, like, needed, I needed to sell it. It needed to be dramatic. Sell it to who? The audience. The, they don't see you. They, they wouldn't have seen you turn I your head. I just need to sell it. And I need. I talk with my hands. All right. Use, um, okay. Yeah, let's talk about the contest. Hey, um, hey Mike. Hey, t- Tyler. Do you like the Nets? Yeah. Do you want a chance to win a free Nets jersey? Fuck yeah. Do you like the Nets? <laughs> um, we're, we're currently running a contest on the Beat of Brooklyn Twitter page. All the information's up there. First place will win a Nets jersey of your choice because I'm nice. Um, second place will win any item in the Nets online store or fanatics.com worth up to $50. And third place will win a $25, $25, $25 fanatics.com gift card. All you have to do is tweet along with us all season, tweet out a post in the morning. All you have to do is predict the final score of the game, who will win the game. And we'll have a tiebreaker question in there worth a point or whatever. Whoever has the highest point total at the end of the season will win. Oh, in addition to giving out the um, jersey for first place, we have a sick t-shirt. That, sh- that shirt's fire. Uh, we have a sick t-shirt des- designed by Nets fan at Mad Kid Palm City. Uh, you could find that t-shirt on the Beat of Brooklyn Twitter page. You can find it on his Twitter page too. Really dope D'Angelo Russell t-shirt that will be going to the winner of the contest. I uh, just wanted to do something nice. 
You're a nice guy. Thank you. You're, you're a very nice guy. It's our fifth season. We got to do it big. This is the tenth episode of the podcast, so we got to we got to do it big. Um. So yeah, I don't think we skipped over anything. That's the podcast. This is a really long one by yes. the looks of it. Um. Follow me on Twitter at Ty Hernandez underscore. Follow Mike on Twitter at. Oh shit! What is my oh. every time? D- How do you forget your Twitter? Because handle? my business. Thank um. You. Oh, fuck. What is... Oh, at one mic underscore. Why do you know that and I don't? Because, bruh. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Follow you. Beat of Brooklyn on Twitter at Beat of Brooklyn. Check out the website, beatofbrooklyn.com. Mike, Mike, do you have anything else to add to this podcast before we close it out here? My brother's in the background being an asshole. Sorry. Mike, do you have anything to add? You know what I'm going to say. Say it. Fuck the Knicks. And we're out.